This is episode 26 of Environmental Professionals. My name is John Lieber. You can reach me on Twitter or Instagram, which is at jungle underscore capital. I'm happy to have my guest Reva here today. So Reva, thank you so much for joining me um, and, and participating today. Can you get us started uh, just by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, but first I would, would just, um, I would like to say thank you for having me here today. So um, I am Riva Shane. Um, I am Riva Shane Liano. I am a forester and I'm currently pursuing my master's degree in forestry. So what, and today. what school do you attend? Um, I attended my um, bachelor's degree in forestry in Visaya State University. It's in Leyte. And is your master's degree one year or two years? And which year are you currently in? Um, it's two years. And I'm currently in my first year now, second semester. Okay, so what what uh, what attracted you to um, pursue forestry? Um, yeah, at first I didn't know that forestry course exists, but it's already in my mind that I want a career, you know, that, that could have a global impact. Then I began to, when I, when I was fourth year high school, I began to ask questions on my teachers and they want me to become a teacher like them, but it's not, you know, it's not the thing that I want to do. So there's this one friend of mine who's brother is already in college and so I asked her what's her brother's course and she told me forestry so I have no idea what that course and that curiosity was the best thing happened to me so um yeah I enrolled um I enrolled forestry I studied forestry not because I care with the environment but uh, because I want to help our country and um so yeah, you know, it's it's like um, the world today faces serious environmental challenges such as pollution, you know, climate change and species extinction, just to name a few. And um, I think these, um, these challenges will require significant adjustments in the way we live, we work and govern. So everybody will need to become um, more educated about environmental issues, whether to learn how to adapt to these changes or mitigate them. And uh, we'll need some people who are particular, particularly specialized. So that's why I enrolled forestry. Yeah, certainly. Uh, between your bachelor's degree and your master's degree, did you work at all or did you go directly to your master's? Or did you uh, or um, anything? Yeah, I work um after my bachelor's degree i worked nine months before i got my or before i pursued my master's degree so yeah i work in the department of environment and natural resources for nine months and what kind of work did they have you to doing yeah i'm um i was a geographic <coughs> excuse me i was a geographic information um system operator and um yeah, I do mapping and it's not that I only focus mapping, but I also do compliance and monitoring to some community based um, forest management sites and as well as national greening programs. 
And when you graduate, do you want to work with government again, or what do you think you will do after your master's program? Yeah, um, I think it depends because in my in my case now, since I'm a scholar, I have to like I have to give a I have to give a return service for two years. It's me if the if our university has an available position for you know um, for teaching, then I will be working there. But not yes, I can I can go with the government agency. Sure. And go back. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I wanted to ask you kind of two questions about the pandemic. The first one is how has it impacted your studies? And then the second part of that question is um, how do you feel like it's impacted forestry in the Philippines? Um, <clears throat> uh, it's really difficult for me since um, now it's the classes are conducted on online and now even if you want to like even if you want to do the laboratory reports on the field you can't do it because of you know um uh because of the limited tools so you just have to you just have to like do it on your background and with no proper equipment so it's really kind of difficult for me to <clears throat> um to adjust with the new normal and regarding to um, forest here in the Philippines with this pandemic, see, um, I was working. I was working in the Department of Environment and Natural Resources, and it's really like on last last April. I mean the the illegalities um, that has been undergone to the forest it's really not that rampant because of the people who are only staying at home mm -hmm. so that's why it's kind of yeah it's really kind of helpful also though right to the uh you know first yeah yeah that's there's kind of two conflicting narratives with the um i mean not just in the the filipino context but in the forestry um industry as a whole which is I think some people are saying that illegal loggers are staying at home, but also the enforcement officers are staying at home too. And then there's this counter narrative yeah. saying that, you know, the trees are coming back because people aren't having, you know, the, the recreational impact and other impacts too. So it's kind of hard to understand really what's um, go, what's really happening if it's, if it's been a net negative or net positive for forests. but. That'll probably be a question that has to be analyzed and answered um, post pandemic. Yeah, uh, well, actually we have in in our office, we actually created a multi-sectoral forest protection committee and that and that every um, every municipality within the jurisdiction of our office, we formed a MFPC. So those um, those deputized officers are the one who are um, how I say that it's like they are what do you call that um it's like they are the one entitled to report to us to our office if there are illegalities done in their municipality and so that's why we we act on the uh, messages being sent to us 
So even if it's um um pandemic, there's still we still have like um protecting the forest. Okay, I, yeah. So so the the work, the enforcement work, is still going on then, regardless of the situation. Yes. Okay, that's good to hear. Yeah. What so re regardless of the pandemic though, what is your um general assessment of forestry in the Philippines? Uh do you feel like it's a dire situation? Are you optimistic? Like what is your general sense? Yeah, I'm still I'm still optimistic that the Philippine forest will um you know <clears throat> though though not um go back to um what it has before, but you know because of the government's um, programs, like for example, we have National Greening Program, which aims to plant 1.5 billion trees in 1.5 million hectares. And also we have people-oriented programs or approach. And we have community-based forest management. And it's really, it's really helpful because we can see the result from the year it started and to the end um, this current year. So, yeah, um, actually, there was this, um, in recent times, actually, a significant change has been the end of Marshall, I think that was 1986, and the election of a democratic government. So, while problems such as um, graft and corruption um, do not instantly disappear, but, you know, there has been progress in this area, but these laws, I mean, <clears throat> there has been a lot of um, approaches in, you know, to to revive what has been lost to our forest. So, um, the government, um, like they they assigned communities to protect the remaining virgin forest areas. Although most remaining, it's really um, it's really, you know, it's unfortunate that most of re the remaining virgin forests here have been given um, protected status, but many of these areas are in critical condition and remain threatened due to um, inadequate protection resulting from lack of funds and you know, lack of political will. Well, I'm really glad to hear that you have some optimism about the situation, and that's likely um, in credit to uh, some brave environmental professionals like yourself. But I also can't um, overlook, I, I, I I noticed that for any environmental professionals working on the ground, specifically enforcement, it's a dangerous issue. And there seems to be a lot of tension somewhat in the Philippines because I hear a lot of stories coming out of there of violence against environmental professionals, especially foresters. I know there was one forester named Danilo who was shot like this past year um, doing forestry enforcement stuff. So it's always the dangerous people working on the ground, but all, those are also the people that really help move the needle um, and people like you too that are helping push the, the envelope uh, towards sustainability. Yeah, we actually have also um, last year, our, we have one colleague who also died because of, you know, uh, um, he's under the, the umbrella of enforcement section, been killed because of uh, he reported the illegalities and yeah, it's really just so frustrating. Sure, yeah, definitely. So we need to stick together, but it's it's so important work, but so dangerous sometimes too. 
Um, I did. I wanted to ask you, so you kind of touched on a little bit with your GIS experience when you were working with the government. Uh, how do you feel that GIS can help manage uh, forests? Um, <clears throat> yeah, um, I work as a geographic information system operator for um, like nine months, I think, or 11. So it's like I've been um, I've been doing it for like to assess whether the forest cover of certain area like um, specifically the national greening program like we, we, I am um, I am tasked to analyze or to compare the forest cover from um, like 19 1990s or 1995 to be specific to after um recent year whether there has been um transformation in forest cover i see so were you so, so was your um your position uh focused on one island or was it a national um at the national level um, since I work in community, um, community NRO, it's actually, we have a specific area of, um, under, you know, we have a specific area where we are, um, only to conduct this, um, like surveying like that compliance monitoring. So in, um, in my, in my office, we, we have 21 municipalities. So we're only confined in 21 municipalities. I see. Uh, yeah, and the reason I ask is because I have a GIS program in my my master's program, and you kind of see how there's there's so many applications of it. It's almost like its whole own universe when you really start going deep into it. But it's also can be used for very simple, simple applications, just like how you were talking about, just about assessing tree cover based on, on various years. Yeah. So I think that it's not not always need, needed to be used uh, very technically to have very practical applications. Uh, what 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 are some of the best um, practices you've seen for community management of forests? Um, yeah. Um... <clears throat> this is our um actually it's not that i only focus on um, mapping i also do compliance and monitoring to some cbfm areas or community-based forest management areas and it's really good to it's really good to see that these communities who has been untenured in that area they have been protecting that forest for a long time already and you can really see the result um of the things they have done like um, they are protecting the forest planting and um, doing like it's like um, they do subdivided the area for agroforestry for um, multiple use yeah for protect um protection forest production forest yeah um what are some of the major challenges of uh, of forestry in the Philippines? You kind of touched on, I think, quite a bit of them about um, about the, the the enforcement issue. Um, but what other what other challenges do you see? Um, 
sorry. What other challenges do you see for um, forest management in the Philippines? Yeah, I think it's um, some of the, I mean, most, I don't know, not, not most, but some of the, you know, political um, under the roof of the government, they're the one has been starting to, you know, um, do deforestation to um, convert it to mining areas. You should, um, actually, most of uh, mining companies here are owned by, you know, government officials. And I think that's really, <clears throat> that's really a um, huge problem in the Philippines because, <clears throat> you know, government officials or government agencies should be the one to, you know, protect or should protect the environment. But they're the one who is, you know, um, making it really or making the deforestation, the illegalities. Yeah, that, so, yeah. that's a good point that the world of politics is uh, is tricky, but very influential. So good point. Uh, so when someone asks you, why are trees good? What do you say? Um, yeah, uh, well, actually, maybe I will just start with um, the climate change and um, I will I will let them understand what climate change is and the help of um, the help of trees, you know, forest um, com um, composed of um, trees. So forests, you know, they help stabilize the climate. They regulate ecosystems, protect biodiversity, and they play an integral part in the carbon cycle. So they also support livelihoods and can help um, drive sustainable growth. So to, I think to maximize the climate benefits of um, forests, we must, um, we must keep more forest landscapes intact, manage them more sustainably and restore more of these landscapes which we have lost. That's a good answer. Yeah. That's yeah, that's a great answer. I find it's hard sometimes to fully articulate it, mostly for us in the industry, because I think we're immersed in so many different benefits, trees that we get caught in trying to actually articulate it well. But I think you do it very well there, too, because you kind of encapsulate the um, high level uh, benefits of trees, but also the local applications. So I like how how you said that. Um, what's your favorite tree species? Actually, <laughs> I love trees, but um, this one, the, it's um, it's actually sequoia. I really the first um, the first time I heard sequoia, <clears throat> it's actually sequoia dendron gigantium, the um, giant sequoias in California. The first time I heard it, I, I already. Um, did my research on what on what the tree can you know um, they live they live like three thousand years they can be too tall and you know it's really it just really amazed me have you been how to, big they can be yeah how tall been, they can be have you been to California uh, no not yet okay well I hope, hope I was still here yeah yeah I hope you haven't been, been countries yeah 
Yeah, I hope you can make it and, and see those beautiful trees. I, I haven't seen them either, but I've seen some also. I've been to California, but not that part. And there's some really cool pictures where like people are driving through the trunk of the tree. Yeah. Because it's so big. Yeah, they're really cool species for sure. Um, yeah, is there... actually, it's really my dream. It's one of my dreams to actually um, see Sequoia personally. Certainly. Yeah. certainly. Uh, is there any other people in the industry that you're specifically looking to connect with? Um, since I'm in the environmental field, I think um, I would um, I would be glad to connect with environmental professionals and or, or even not, but those um, who are passionate to the environment. Sure. Uh, how can how can people reach you? Yeah, I can be reached through Instagram, um, Miss Shaney, um, Twitter, Shane Liano, and um, Facebook, Riva Shane Liano. Okay, I'll put um, the spelling and, and all that into the show notes so people can refer to that so they can contact you. So, Riva, thank you uh, for joining me and thanks for all you do, all your hard work, and looking forward to uh, what you uh, end up doing in the future. Yes, thank you also.